Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast, where as a church, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So if you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend worship experience. We'd love for you to stay connected with us by visiting us at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. Thanks for being with us, and we really hope you enjoy this message. are kicking off a brand new series called Last, which is on the topics of love, sex, and marriage. And uh, I know that we're all ready to jump into it. I'm excited to teach it. God's been ministering to me. My own marriage has been, uh, God's been working on it. We've been preparing for this series. And so uh, this is going to be a collection of talks, four talks that are designed to help and support you with your relationships or lack thereof. <laughs> and we're going to help you today. Before we get into it, I just want to give a quick shout out. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but we got some brand new equipment on the, on the stage today. And, um, and I want to say thank you to you, first off, if you're a member of the church, because um, you paid for it. So thank you for paying. I appreciate it. It's yours. You can't take it home, but you ought it. And, but I also want to give a special thanks to all of our production team people who were here yesterday at 2 p.m., gave up their whole Saturday to set this thing up, got in again 6 a.m. this morning to finish the setup. They're in a van outside right now, moving, this is a true story, in the cold, just moving joysticks and stuff like that. And I don't know, I go back there, it looks cool, but it's also, it stresses me out just looking at it. So special shout out to them because we couldn't do church, honestly, with all the people you don't see. Like, somebody give God praise for the person who is watching your kid right now. You know what I'm talking about? Amen. Come on. That's a Jesus move right there. Hey, well, for the last three years, we've done this series, and we've only been in church for three years. So we've always been doing this series. We always do it in February. And every time we do this series, we always open it the same way with love letters from kids. I Google images. I type in love letters from kids. And here's why I do it. One, because they're hilarious, okay? And then two, because kids are just honest. How many people know that? Just honest, man. They don't know how to front. They're just being real all of the time. And I want to open with these letters because I want to encourage us all. Because listen, if you're going to be coming to this series, I pray each week, you know, it's only going to work, are you ready, if we're honest. It's not going to work if we're pretending. We got to be honest. We got to be honest with each other. And that's my commitment to you. I'm going to teach you everything that's in this word about relationships that I can in four weeks, in the 45 minutes or 30 minutes that I have. I'm going to do my best. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm going to tell it to you the way it is, the way it's written. And you decide whether or not it's something you can apply to your life. But you're also going to have to be honest with each other. Some of you came to church with somebody today. You've been holding something for a long time. Now is not the moment. <laughs> but maybe on the ride home, you're going to need to be honest. We're going to have to be honest with God. Now, that's probably the easiest because he already knows what's going on. It's just like, amen, you knew all along. <laughs> Here's the most difficult we're going to have to be honest with. Are you ready? Ourselves. Because we're going to want to pretend like we're not where we know we are. We're something we're not. That's why I love kids, man. You actually got to teach a kid to be fake. How many people know what I'm talking about? <laughs> you got to teach because they're too honest. Like you bring your kid over a friend's house and they don't like the meal, you'll know. You don't, you, don't gotta, you don't gotta deduce the facial expressions, all of that. The moment they start eating it, they don't even gotta eat it. I, I like how kids decide they don't like food just by the way it's called. I like that. But like, you haven't even tried it yet. They're like, I don't like it. Now, if your mom is anything like my mom, 
when you ended up at these people's houses, you better like it. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Anybody have a mom like my mom? You sat down. You put the first bite in. You looked at her, and she went. <laughs> so you're going to eat it. You're going to smile while you eat it. You're going to swallow. You're going to swallow while you smile. And you're going to ask for seconds, okay? We are nice people. We don't hurt nobody's feelings. Problem is, we learned this at six, but we keep it at 36. So we're stuck in a relationship that we don't like, but we won't tell the other person because we don't want to hurt their feelings. Got to be honest. So, so I'm, I'm lighten the mood right now with some letters because I just, I just kind of went in your bedroom right there. So I apologize for that, but <laughs> we're going to lighten the mood. So here's some letters, honest letters, honest letters. This is the girl, you know the girl wrote the first one, right? But are you ready to be there when I'm mad <laughs> or need to cry? Or can do things that I can't do with anyone else but you with? He said, yes, I am ready, unless I'm eating fried chicken. <laughs> so with her follow-up question was great. So chicken is more important than me? He said, only fried chicken. <laughs> and only when I'm hungry. But if not, girl, you're the only thing I care about. <laughs> Husbands, learn from this little man. You need to be honest with your wives. Girl, you are the most important thing in my life. Yeah. Unless the game is on. <laughs> if the game is on, you're the second. Second most important thing in my life. But when the game's not on, you, you're the most important thing in my life. Here's the next one. Just keeping it honest. February 14, 2012. Dear Wendy, I know. See how you spelled no? I know this is weird, but I like you so much. I didn't want to tell you because you will just hit me in the middle. <laughs> just like you had hit me last time. I got you something for you. I hope you like it. If you had like me, I will take care, care, care of you. <laughs> if you have a boyfriend, then that's fine. I will not be sad, but just being honest, I will buy you whatever you want. <laughs> Even 100 pairs of shoes too. Come on, he knows the way to a woman's heart right there. I hope you have a great Valentine's Day. Love, Julian. Poor Julian. The next one, the next one is more true than honest, but it's just true. It's just more true. I love you with all my butt. <laughs> I, I would say heart, but my butt's bigger. My butt's... Just being honest. Just being, my, butt, my butt's bigger. My butt's bigger. My butt's bigger. Next one. I guess it goes... Do you like me? How many people remember this? Check yes, check no. Right? Hey, and if you was a real player, you added a third box said maybe, you know, just because I need a chance. I'm just, I need to know if there's a chance. Is there a chance? Or is this door closed all the way? Do you like me? Check yes or no. And she's so honest. Look what she said. I don't know. I don't even know myself yet. <laughs> Plus, I'm under a lot of stress at home, so I can't tell. <laughs> P.S. You don't know yourself until you're 18. <laughs> hey, she got a good mama. She got a good mama. Good mama. Here's the last one. He put maybe on this one. He knows. Dear Ashley, would you please be my girlfriend? I like you a lot. Yes, no, maybe. And then he gave instructions just in case she couldn't figure it out. Please put yes, no, or maybe. Unfortunately, Ashley said no, but she was kind enough to give him a reason. I'm sorry. I already have a boyfriend. His name's Kyle. But when we break up, you're my next choice. <laughs> hey. P.S. 
and that'll probably be in a month or two. What? Hey, I gotta be honest. I started to wonder what kind of a home does Ashley come from? Or what kind of experiences has Ashley had in her young life that she would already tell old boy like, hey, but just chill. Because as we all know, love doesn't last. At a young age, and if we're being honest, at one point or another, we have all wondered, thought, or felt the same. Right? I mean, we live in a world where they say nothing lasts forever. And if we're just going to go on statistics alone, how about this? Depending on what study you read, 35 to 50% of marriages end in divorce. I would never, you would never try anything that had those statistics. 50%? Imagine if you were like, oh, Pastor, I'm going to this restaurant at the end of church for lunch. Have you heard about it? And I was like, yeah, man, I heard about it. And I'm like, what'd you hear? I'm like, well, Studies show 50% of the people who eat at this restaurant die. You'd be like, I'm not going to eat at that restaurant because I'm not like those odds. Yet we'll jump in a ma- and marriage has the same ones. Now, now, some of us don't even need statistics to know this because we live this. Some of us have homes where we had a mom and dad and they seemed so in love one day. They were singing, they were dancing, they were hugging each other, kissing each other. One day, mom and dad sent you down and told you mom and dad is getting a divorce. Now they got different homes and now you're going to different places on Christmas and you're looking at these people who you idolize and you're thinking to yourself, if you can't do it in them, what chance do I have? Or maybe it wasn't your parents, maybe you've experienced it yourself. Maybe somewhere along the line of your life, you thought you had Mr. Right. You thought you had Miss Right. Like you started naming dogs and you started naming children and you started practicing how your last name flows with your first name and you just, all of this, this is the one because they're perfect and then time happened and they found out that they weren't perfect and this didn't last and here's what you're thinking coming out of that pain, if it didn't work with John, if it didn't work with Sandra, if it didn't work with Robert, what chance do I have? with other people. Or maybe it's just life that taught you nothing lasts forever. I I was reminded that nothing lasts forever this past week. I did something that was very cathartic. I had no plans in doing it. I just woke up one day and I was like, I'm going to do it. Um, I wrote my will out, my last will and testament. I did that last week. It was uh, a very somber moment, you know, because there's some questions that you have to answer in that will that make you think about death. One of them was, who gets all your money? Which I was like, nobody cares. I ain't got a lot. Which is, um, the other one was, who gets your kids? And then I started imagining life without them, by myself. And then on Sunday, we lost the great Kobe Bryant. And I thought, if he could go, I mean, anyone can go. And then I started to wonder, like, Lord, why did you have me fill out my will? (laughs) My wife even asked me, she's like, is the Holy Spirit talking to you? I was like, I sure hope not. (laughs) But then on Monday was my wife's birthday. And we went to Islands of Adventure. And it was my boy's first time there because we were Disney people. But we can't afford Disney anymore. (laughs) Because don't hold back. (laughs) 
So we go to the cheap one, which is Silent Adventure. So we went to Silent Adventure, and, and we go on the Spider-Man ride, which is my son's favorite hero. And at the end of the ride, I, I grabbed him, and it was a moment. And I looked at him, and I, looked, I laughed about it now, but in the moment, it was serious. I looked at him, and I was like, you remember this. <laughs> you remember how much I love you? And you remember this day. We, we love you. And I was remembering the times my dad took me to Disney when I was a kid all the way from New York. And that's when it hit me. I was asking him to remember it. And you know what? He will. And then I thought about all the thousands of Kobe fans that showed up in front of the, the, the Staples Center and, and dropped flowers and wrote poems and cried for him even though he's not here. And they cried for him. I thought, wow, that, that, that kind of, that. And then I thought about the one tattoo that I have on my body, which is the name of, of my third son who passed away seven hours after being born. But in those seven hours filled my heart with so much love. And I thought, how cool is it that in a world where nothing lasts forever, Love does. It goes beyond the grave. It goes beyond life. It surpasses it. Love lasts forever. And the Bible would support that theory, that, theory, that thesis. Look what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13. Three things will forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Here's what I want to do throughout this series. I want to get you to believe again in a love that lasts. I want to get you to prepare for a love that lasts, experience a love that lasts, and expect a love that lasts. Because the level of your experience will never rise higher than the level of your expectation. So if you go into every relationship expecting love to not last, guess what you will experience? It won't last. And then when things get rough, you won't say that we have problems. You'll say, that's natural. That's what love does. It breaks apart. It doesn't last. You got to shift your expectation. So I'm going to do today what I've never done and probably never will. I'm actually going to give you every sermon title for the whole series because I'm trying to boost your expectation. My hope is that you would see all four and be like, I'm going to come every week. But maybe you're like, you know what? I really need week three. And you could just on demand it. That's cool. Just come on that day, whatever. But I'm going to give you all four right now. The first one I'm going to tell you in just a moment, but the second one is last shall be first. You know what this sermon's about? This sermon is about fixing the other person. How many people have a, you're in a relationship with somebody and you really need God to fix them? Raise your hand. It's a, that's a trick. Don't do it. They might be here. Oh, my God. Somebody actually did it. Boy, you're going to have to do some explaining. Hey, and spoiler alert, ready? It's really about fixing you. Week three. <laughs> Week three is about sex, y'all. It's called at last. <laughs> because the moment God made Eve, you know what Adam said? He said, at last. <laughs> That's what he said. He said it. And we need to talk about it, y'all. We need to talk about sex. We need to talk about it in church because it's the one. Some people are alcoholics. Some people are prideful. You know what we all struggle with? Sex. Something we also, it's like one thing that kind of brings us together, and I think you're going to really enjoy it. You're going to want to be here on week three. And week four is called Built to Last. So we're going to tell you whether you're single or whether you're dating, engaged, or married. We're going to tell you what you can do in all four phases to help build a, a life, a love life, a marriage that, that lasts. Well, week one comes from 1 Corinthians 13, 13. We'll put it back on the screen again. Three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is Love. And I get today's title from an observation that I noticed three things, and I noticed three things in a particular order. Faith, hope, and love, and the greatest is love. This is significant. Why is this significant? Because typically in the Bible, you put the greatest thing first. 
But in this scripture, Paul intentionally flips it. He takes the greatest thing and he puts it last. And I wonder why he does that. He must do it on purpose. I think Paul is trying to tell us something about love. And here's what he's trying to tell us about love. That love is last but not least. That's the title of today's sermon. Last but not least. Love is great, but it doesn't come first. Love is great, but it doesn't come first. In 1 Corinthians, so there's three parts, but there's one order. In 1 Corinthians 13, 1, we won't have it on the screen, but, but the Bible tells us, Paul tells us, he says, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but uh, without, do not have love, I am but a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. In other words, if I encourage somebody, but I don't do it with love, all I'm doing is this, clanging cymbal, clanging cymbal, clanging cymbal. Sorry if I scared anybody. I apologize to the best. That's just noise. If I flatter somebody without love, it's just noise. Now, he didn't, like, talk bad about encouragement. What he was saying is that love is a part. Love is a part. You need all the parts. Now, watch. Play something funky. JP. Give it up for JP. Hey. You know what turned noise into music? When he used all the parts. It wasn't just one. It was all the parts. And you know what made it even more music? When he had the right parts in the right order. Music isn't just about having the notes, but it's the placement of the notes. And so, so love is a part, but you got to get not only the right parts, you got to get it in the right order. Thanks so much. Oh, he's already gone. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> got it in the right order. Hey, another example for you to understand it better might be a puzzle. Anybody like puzzles? Here's what you know about a puzzle. A puzzle has not only the right pieces, but you can have all the pieces in the box, but that puzzle's not done when you get the box, right? Because you still have to do what with those puzzle pieces? Got to put them in the right order. So let me take a second and talk about the pieces first, and then I'll talk about the order, okay? So here's the pieces. Now, this is the first piece you're probably interested in. You're probably interested in love. Mm, that's why you're here. But here's something you need to understand. This is really my first point. Love is not the puzzle. Love is a piece of the puzzle. It's a part. Here's something else. Even though you're here to fix love today, you're here. And if you're here or watching online, I don't know why I did like this, like in the back somewhere, <laughs> or watching online, guess what that means? You got love stuff going on, but you came to church. That means something inside of you is already indicating that you know that a part of the puzzle is what? You, but you're here. Some, some part of you already believes that. And if you're here, not filing for divorce, not trying to end your life because you haven't had a date in six years, that means to tell me that you still haven't given up yet, which means you still have. Ah, oh, see, you already have all the pieces instinctively. You know how I know? Because they're eternal. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. These three things were in you before you even came into the earth. You already have them. The problem isn't that we don't have the pieces or that we know what the pieces are. The problem is we don't put the pieces in the right order. Because if you look at this puzzle, it can only fit one way. There's only one way this puzzle can fit, guys. Only one way. There's only one order. But I have noticed that when it comes to organizing the pieces, we don't put them according to how they fit. We put them according to how we feel. Which makes sense because that's how we choose people. Before we get in a relationship with someone, the first instinct, the first thing we want to ask is, how do they make me feel? But we never ask the question, but how do they fit? And because of that, we get stuck in relationships trying to force a fit because it felt right. 
I am already preaching. I'm already in your nostrils right now, already there. We try and force a fit. And have you ever tried to force two pieces of a puzzle together that don't go? Both pieces leave damaged. And because we're led by emotions, here's just the reality of the fact. Faith is last. Because it's nothing to do with feelings. Faith is what you know and believe. So faith is last. And that would be aligned with my experience. I know we have some pastors here. I get people who meet me in the lobby all the time asking for premarital counseling. Now, I don't do premarital counseling anymore. We have great counselors and pastors who do it, but they still ask me. And I'll be like, yeah, but we got some people who can do it. How long have you been coming? That's always my first next question because I want to know this person because I don't know their name. I don't know who y'all have you been coming. And they go, my first week. And I'm like, oh, it's your first week. I'm like, all right, we'll get you connected. But in my mind, I'm already, I'm already, I already know what's happening. You want to do premarital counseling now that you already decided that that person's the one. You just really want God to bless your marriage. Like salt on chicken. You know what I'm saying? I got the chicken. Let me just try and make it better. You want God to bless your marriage, but you don't want him to build your marriage. You want to add him at the end, but you don't want to make him the foundation and build according to his. Why? Because this is what we do when everything goes bad. When we know we need him. When our relationship starts hitting the rocky roads, we're like, we need to go to church right now. Faith comes in last because faith is like the emergency thing, right? And so if faith comes last, then really all we're left to do is organize the first two. And I think most people, when they organize the puzzle, are going to organize it with love in first place. I live for love. I love love. I love love. I love it. And you know how you know you love love? When the predominant theory of your life is this. If I can just find the right one, all of my problems will go because I love love. If I can just find the right one, I won't care that I'm living in a one-bedroom apartment with eight people. I won't care. Because one of those people will be the person I love. <laughs> I, love I don't get it. And, and, and you know who we have to thank for this philosophy of if I find the right person, all my problems will go away. My life will make sense and I will be in harmony with the universe. You know who we have to thank for that? Movies. Hollywood. Hollywood's the one that proliferates this lie, okay? Specifically, I'm going to call one out, and I'm sorry, baby. I know it's your favorite movie of all time, but I got to do it. Little Mermaid. Hey, can I keep it real? Ariel has issues. Ariel, whatever her name, got problems, y'all. She got gaps. She got holes. She, she, she got the whole ocean, the whole ocean at her fingertips. And it's still not enough. She got gadgets and gizmos aplenty. <laughs> Who's it's and what's it's galore. And she still wants more. She wants to be where the... Anyway. <laughs> she wants more. More, 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 more. So she got holes, and she's like, nothing's doing it for me. And then she swims up to the top of the water one day, and she sees Prince Eric playing with her dog, with his dog. And all of a sudden, oh, that's the piece I've been missing. This is what I've been missing. This is the one who's going to complete my puzzle, Eric. But you know what the problem with looking for the right one is? Is that you never stop looking for the right one even when you marry someone. So even when you marry someone, after your 30th or 31st fight, you're going to be like, maybe I missed it. <laughs> maybe they're not the right one. And then the girl behind the counter at Starbucks, she laughed at your corny joke, and you're like, maybe she's the one. 
and I missed the one with this one. And all of a sudden, when you go to one one and the next right one and the next one, you realize that you never really had a philosophy of the right one. You had a philosophy of the next one or the closest one. People can't complete you. If you're always looking for that person, you'll always be looking for that person. Are you catching this? Amen. Here's the other thing. If I'm going to build my life on love, love, it's unfounded. It's not connected to something. So that means I have to build it on this itself, which means what I'm really building love on is a feeling. Because when love is not connected to something, it can only stand on itself, and that's an emotion. Love is not an emotion, guys. Because here's the thing about emotions and why you can't build love on a loving feeling, because it fades. And if we have Hollywood to thank for the philosophy of the right one, you know who we have to thank for this love being a feeling and an emotion? Music. Music. Every song we hear about love. Right? Like, babe, I hate to do it again, but I'm going to put, put one of your favorite artists on blast. I, I love her. Her songs are great. But this one song, I mean, she it epitomizes this theory. It's your girl, Alicia Keys. I love Alicia Keys, but can we just... Do one of her songs real quick. Y'all know, you know what I'm talking about. If you know it, sing it with me. You and me together through the days and nights. I don't worry because people keep on talking. They can say what they like. I don't worry because now the chorus, no one. Can get in the way of what I'm. Did you hear it? No one, no one, no one can get in the way of what I feel. Feel for you, feel. Can get in the way. And girl, you're right. Nobody can get in the way of what you feel. He can't, your mama can't, your daddy can't, your brother can't, your boss can't, the devil can't. Nobody can get in the way of the way you feel until you stop feeling it. The feeling is strong when the feeling's strong, but when the feeling's not strong, the feeling's not strong. And let me tell you about feelings. Feelings fade if your marriage is being tied together by feelings. That is temporary. Feelings will fade. This is what I told Liz when we first started dating, because before Liz, all the girls that I dated before her, just two, not a lot, all the girls that I dated before her, hey, they all, they all, they all cheated on me. And I always felt like, I appreciate the awe, I always felt like, the reason why they cheated on me, listen, was because I couldn't keep the feeling going. Have you ever felt that pressure in a relationship? To do something to keep the feeling going? I emptied my bank account trying to keep the feeling going. I, I, I worked in ministry for two years. I saved every penny. I didn't know what I was saving for. I thought maybe one day a house, a car. Turns out it was to impress Liz on our dates. <laughs> Guys, I'm not lying. I spent two years of savings taking her out in six months. At the end of six months, she still wouldn't go out with me. I was out of money. Then we finally started dating, and I was like, I just need you to know I am out of money. I've got nothing left, girl. And I just asked her, I said, let me know. Before you go do something with someone else, let me know when you've lost the feeling, because I get it. She was like, I choose you. Come on. (laughs) And you know how I know love's not a feeling? Because this morning at 6 a.m., I threw out the trash in 45-degree weather. (laughs) And I was not feeling it. In fact, I have never felt like throwing out the trash in my life. There has never been a day where I'm like, 
Woo, we got some fresh trash here, boy. Yeah, I got this, I got that. Woo, throwing out the trash. Throwing out the trash. We gonna throw out the trash. I love to throw out the trash. Never! But I did it. Why? Not because I had the feeling, but because I loved. Love is not a feeling. Love is not a feeling because feelings fade. And when feelings fade, eventually love comes into second place. When feelings fade, love fades, which now means you can only reorder it this way. And now all of a sudden that feeling fades, hope is in first place. Why? Because now that the love is gone, you're going to try and hope to get it back. You broke up with that person, you're going to hope to find another relationship just like that one. Your marriage is on the rocks, you're going to hope that you can figure it out. But this doesn't work either. Why? Because just like love, it's unfounded. It's on nothing itself. This isn't hope. This is optimism. This isn't hope. This is wishing. You know why? Because you can tell me in this structure what you're hoping for, but you can't tell me where your hope comes from. Because it comes from nothing. It's built in nothing. This is when we start going to counseling. This is when we start reading books. This is when we start going to church, hoping, hoping. Hope can't do it. This is not God's plan for your life. We're going to hold off with the worship just a second, but you can stay there. <laughs> this was not God's plan. Can I tell you God's plan? This was God's plan. Listen to God's plan. God's plan for your life, if you want to fix the puzzle and you want to get this life going right, guess what comes first? First. Faith comes first. If you're taking notes, you can write down faith first. Faith first. Faith comes first. Faith comes first. And you know what? Faith only works in this position. I don't know if you're seeing this puzzle, but this puzzle can only work with this position in first place. Are you noticing that? It doesn't work in second, it doesn't third. You know that God doesn't work unless you put him in first place? How many of you believe God does everything God can do? God can do anything. Amen. He can't. That's a lie. There are certain things God can't do. God can't lie because he's faithful. He can't tempt because he's righteous. He can't change because for God to change would be the fact that he could get better, and he can't. He's already the best. You know what else God can't do? The Bible teaches us that he is preeminent. You know what God can't do? God literally can't come second or third. Why do I mention this? Because some of you are church staying like, well, I'm no pastor if this series is really going to do me any favors because I've been to church before and I've used God before and God didn't fix what I needed him to fix in my relationship. And my response to you would be, yeah, but what place did you put him in? Because if God wasn't working for you, it might not be God that it was broken. It might be your priorities that were, because God only works in first place. You might have tried to add him onto your issues. Don't worry. You got to tear the thing down. Start from the beginning. Put him at the foreset, at the beginning, right here, right here. This is where he starts. Then another thing I love about this is that the Bible says that faith is not the greatest, which would not be the typical message you would hear at a church. At a church, we would tell you that all you need is faith. Faith is everything. You get God and everything else falls up. Faith, faith. But you know what the Bible says? Faith without deeds is dead. So if I go to, if I go to church every Sunday, but I go home and I beat my wife, what good was that? Faith without deeds is dead. Faith is not the greatest. Faith is just first. You know why faith is first? Because it's the only thing you know for certain when you don't know everything else. When I used to do puzzles with my dad, we used to do big ones. It would take us weeks sometimes to do. Sometimes they had a thousand pieces. You know, it didn't matter how big the puzzle was. We always knew where four pieces went. 
Every time we opened up the puzzle box, my dad would always say this, look for the corners. Because we don't know where everything else goes, but we know for sure where the corners go. Tell me about this shape again. Do you see it? Look what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 20. Together we are his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. And the corner is Jesus. He's the corner. And if we carefully, we can carefully be joined together, get in relationships, but only in him. If in relationships, there's going to come moments where you don't know what to do next. And in those moments when you're not sure what to do, where to go, where to look for help, there's one thing you know for certain, who Jesus is in your life. This is why it has to be the foundation of your relationship. Because when you don't know if you love me, I don't know if this marriage is going to work out. I don't know if this relationship is really it, the one that I'm going to do. But what I do know is Jesus loves me. And so I'm going to build my life coming out of that security, coming out of that and not on anything else. I know what I can, I can start here. My love, listen, this is why I tell this all the time. I tell her, you are not my one. You are not, the, you are my two. God is my one. I put him first in my life. So here's what I need you to do. If you're single, you don't have to do this. And it's great because it's going to be embarrassing what I'm going to ask you to do. So you just enjoy to laugh at everybody else. But married people or dating people, do me a favor. This will help you. I want you to look at the person you came to church with today that you're in a relationship with, whether you're married or dating. Look at them in the eyes. Look at them hard, deep into their soul. Don't look at me. If you don't participate with me, with me in this, it means you don't love your spouse. Okay, so, so look, at your, look at your spouse. Look at them in the eyes. I'm going to give you something to say. I'm going to give you something to say real quick. Just look at them in the eyes. Look at them in the eyes. Look at them in the eyes. All right, but, but don't kiss, guys. Um, somebody's in love in the back. All right, all right, look at me. Right, no, I'm sorry, don't look at me. Look at them. Look at them. Here we go. Here we go. I want you to look at them, and I want you to say this. Ready? You are not the one. Don't break eye contact. Let it sink. Now you ready? Tell them you are the two. Come on. I can't put you in first place because you might leave me. You might break my heart. You might do me dirty. So I'm going to put the person who I know has been there for me since the very beginning. I'm going to put him in first place. He's going to be my one. You can be my two. Children, they're three. I tell Justice Nate that all the time. I go, who's one? God, who's two? Mommy, that's right. <laughs> You're three. I tell them all the time, they're my three. So that's faith. And listen, not only does it found your love, but it informs your love. In other words, it teaches you how to love. When I'm in, there are certain situations where I don't know what to do with my wife, and I look back at what Jesus did to me, and because that's my foundation, this is the way I'm going to love other people. So I go, so, so, so I don't want to help around the house right now because I'm tired. I just came home from work and I see Liz struggling and I'm like, man, I really want to watch my TV show. I look back and I'm like, dang, Jesus served me. All right, I'll help. Because I'm looking back. My actions are being informed. She says something that hurt me. I don't want to forgive her. I want to hang it over her head. But I look back and I look at all the times that Jesus forgave me and I go, oh, all right, I'm going to forgive you because Jesus forgave me. She wants to do something and I want to do something. And I should get my way because I'm the man of the house. So then I look back to Jesus for the authority to do what I want because I'm the man of the house and I go, Jesus, give me some type of biblical authority to, do it, to tell Liz that I can do what I want because I'm the man. And I look back and I see the cross and I go, oh, snap. You didn't do what you wanted. You died for me. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and she's done it for me. You guys can play now. I've never shared this publicly, but my wife is a business mogul. Y'all got no idea. Because you see her, and you'd be like, oh, you're pretty, you know, your hair's nice. 
and I see the way you pray for JJ, and, but you don't know her, know her. Let me tell you something about her. She got her business degree from the University of Florida. She's a brain. She's sold two businesses already. She's ran and sold two businesses. It's a queen, queen. And one day I said, babe, I think God's calling us to start this church. That meant that she would not be able to work because then we needed somebody with the kids and because all the things worked out. And I was like, I don't want to do it if you're not in. And she prayed about it and she left everything. Some of y'all look at her and you're like, oh, you're a stay-at-home mom. I would love that job. Trust me. You don't know what you're asking for. Moms, let me just tell you, you got it good right now. Somebody is paying you to have a break from your kids. That's good. It's <laughs> a lot of work. And, all that she does, and that's not what she grew up wanting to do. You know what she did for me? She killed her dreams to see mine come to pass. Not because she loved me, but because of her faith in God. And I've never said this before publicly, but baby, thank you so much for that. So we're all sitting in this sacrifice right now. Thank you so much for everything that you gave. And I can't wait till the kids grow up. Because I know that when they leave, you have a ton of businesses in your heart, and I can't wait to sacrifice to see your dreams come to pass and help you face your dreams. It's going to be good. Can't wait to take over the world. We're going to need it because we're going to need that money. So we got to get that business. By then, we got Don't Hold Back 3. We're going to need all the money we can get. So, you know, thank you for that. And then guess what happens? Guess what the Bible says in, in, uh, in Romans? Come on, can we throw Romans on the screen really quickly? It says, Romans 15, 13, I pray that God, the source of what? That's right. The source of hope. So where does hope come from? Faith. Faith produces hope. And here's why hope does. Hope holds. That's why it's shaped. What, is, what, is it, what does it hold on to? My relationship? If I'm single, is it like it help me hold on while I'm single until the right person comes? No. Here's what hope does. Hope holds you together when nothing else makes sense. See, the person hasn't even come in the mix yet, and hope is already a factor because you don't know what that person is going to do or say. You don't know if they're going to like you back. You don't know if that marriage is going to last forever. You want it to. You believe it is. You work for it, but they cannot be a part of the equation because they are an unknown variable. So when I cannot put my hope in that that I am uncertain of, I will put my hope in that which I am certain of. And so whether you like me or not, whether you love me or not, whether you cheat on me or not, whether you come home or not, I still got Jesus. My hope's not in you. My hope is in him and what he is going to do in my life. So I'm chilling. It hurts, but I'm but he's holding me together. I don't know the outcome, but he's holding me together. I don't know how it's all gonna turn out, but he's holding me together. I'm good. I'm good. And then love comes last. Love lasts. Love lasts for three reasons. Love lasts number one because love is the sum of spiritual and emotional health. When you get your faith right, you're spiritually healthy. When you get your hope right, you're emotionally healthy because you're no longer insecure and you no, need, no longer need someone else to validate yourself because your hope's not in your waistline. Your hope's not in how great you can pull off your makeup. Your hope's not in your ability to be at the top of all the fashion trends. Your hope's not in the size of your biceps or your bank account. So, so you're good, so you're emotionally healthy. I'm secure, I don't need you to validate me, I'm good. So I'm spiritually healthy, I'm emotionally healthy, and only healthy people can love. Only healthy people, that's why it's in this order. 
only healthy people can love. So it's last. Some of y'all are trying to get in love, but you're not healthy yet. You gotta get healthy first, then comes love. Another thing you notice about love is that there's a place to plug it into and a place to plug into because true love both receives and gives. Now, most people think they have a trouble giving love, but if you really look in the mirror, you know what you'll find out? You have trouble receiving love because you didn't have the emotional health so when you got into a relationship, that person never really met you, they met your representative. They met the version of you that you think most people would like. And now in your marriage, you can keep the facade up for a little bit, but at one point the facade comes down. And then when the facade comes down, you think you never loved me. You only loved this person I pretended to be on our dates. And if, if, if you have a fake person in front of you, I said this last week, you can never really feel loved. But when you're founded in Christ, emotionally healthy, you can now receive love because you know that I could just be me and you love me or not, but this is me. Jesus loves me, that's enough. And you can give love too because you can't give what you don't have. Once love fills your heart, you can then outpour it into other people. I tell people all this all the time, guys. People can't complete you. Two half people, because you're feeling like a half right now. You're gonna find somebody else that feels like two half people don't equal one whole person. Two half people equal two half people unhappy and frustrated with each other. Once you're whole, then you can give. And lastly, 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 if you notice this puzzle, there's nothing here. You know why? Because love never ends. Love never ends. It doesn't finish. It keeps going. There's two people I want to pray for right now. I want to pray for somebody who feels like love is over. I want to pray for someone whose relationship is getting rocky, it's getting tenuous. If that's you and you came to church with that person today, or if you're single and you've given up on love, then I want you all over this room to bow your heads. I want to pray for you right now. Single or married, it's been not, not the easiest. Or you're waiting to take that next step in marriage. Hear me, love never ends. It keeps going, it lasts. And I need you to believe that. The devil wants you to think it's normal to be alone. It's normal to feel incomplete. Mm -mm. Love lasts. And I want to pray a word over you right now. God, every discouraged heart, every marriage that is on the rocks, every relationship and heart that is about to get, that has been broken or about to be broken even further. God, we just trust in you right now to be the one restoring one. Come on, you need to receive this right now. There's somebody here tonight, today, you need to receive this right now. Receive this prayer over your life right now. God, we just pray a resurrection right now that they would understand that this love is going, that this love has not given them up, that you are not giving up on them, that we're going to keep going, we're going to keep fighting, we're going to keep pushing because love never ends in Jesus. Jesus name we pray amen now look at me and this is a big one not only does love never end but hear me God's love for you never ends and there's other people in this room when you look at your love life you see hurt after hurt after hurt this is all jacked up the way you schedule this and organize your life is all out of priority and if you can believe it there's someone in this room today that thinks I'm too far there's no way God can build me back up. After what's been done to me, after what I've done to other people, I'm damaged goods. His love can't reach me where I'm at. Here's what you need to know about God as he reaches out to you. His love is never ending. He's right here. Say, come on, just take a hold of me. Just, 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 just believe in me. Listen to me, I don't care what you did. You are never too far for the love of God to reach you. I don't care how sinful you feel, how dirty you feel, how broken you feel, how far from God you feel. There is a God today with arms stretched open who says, have faith in me. Let me build your hope and feel my love. Let me feel my love today. Would you stand at your feet all over this place? 
Here's why this is important, why you need to get the love of God back in your life. Because when God builds it, he builds it that way. But when the devil breaks it, he breaks it the other way. He comes after your love. And then when your love is shattered, he comes after your hope. And when hope is gone, look what the devil was after all along, your faith. The devil was always after your faith, but he took the love and hope route to get there. He made the relationships not work out. Then he made you feel hopeless so he can get there. But there's people in this room today. Listen, you can get your faith right with Jesus today. You can put that peace in the right place. You can put that peace in the right place. And usually I say bow your heads and close your eyes, but today I'm feeling it. And so today I want to heads up, eyes open. If you're here today and you would be the one to say, you're not afraid, you're not ashamed, maybe it's a whole couple that needs to do this. They need to raise their hands together when I say three and just say, we need Jesus in our life because Jesus has not been the first thing. But we're going to put Jesus in first place right now. When I say three, if that's you, I'm not going to ask you to come to the front or do anything weird. I just want you to lift your hand and say, I need Jesus in my life. I want him to be the first thing in my life. I'm not going to add him to this marriage or this situation or my singleness. I'm going to put him in place where he belongs because I don't have the relationship with him that I need to have all over this place. If that's you, when I say three, shoot your right hand up high. high. Or you and your spouse, if you want to do it together, one, two, forget about what, who's around you. One, two, three right now. Come on, lift up that hand if you need this, if you need this, if you need this, if you need this. Come on, I see couples coming back to Jesus. Come on, hands grasped. We're coming back to him together. Come on, keep your hand up. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, one couple, 23. Well, let's pray, Journey Church. Pray with them. Pray with us. Father God, we put you in first place today. We had it all wrong. It's not about love. It's about faith. So I'm going to put my faith in you, and I'm going to let that faith birth hope. And I'm going to let that hope produce love. I receive you into my life, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Come on, over 20 people making decisions to follow Jesus. We hope you've enjoyed this message, and we would love to hear your story and how this ministry is changing your life. Please email us at amen at journeyorl.com. And if you would like to support financially, you can give online at journeyorl.com give. If you're in the area, join us on Sunday for the full experience. Have a blessed week.